It's not your birthday, you're not special today. It's not your birthday, and many more. So the prop, the thing about someone singing It's Not Your Birthday to me on all the days that aren't my birthday is okay, it's mean. But on the other hand, someone would sing to me every day. Well, it's the Doom to Fail podcast, and uh, my name is Tim Dobbs, and with me, as ever, is Catherine Cogart. Hey! And today, as you may have caught, we're talking about birthdays. Can you believe it, Catherine? Birthdays. I can hardly believe it. <laughs> yeah, surprising, huh? How do you celebrate your birthday? Uh, well, you know, it changes every year because it's a different birthday. Do well, take have... me way back. I want to. I want to know about um, about your your childhood birthdays. Uh, in general, I feel like many people have um, sort of a traditional childhood approach for at least that you know there was a stretch of years in their childhood where they did very similar things because their parents got uncreative or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that actually, yeah, that's exactly what happened to me. My mom was really excited to have a kid when I was really young, especially when <laughs> I became sentient and was able to appreciate my birthday. Now, hang on, sentient. <laughs> You know, Is that when the you're word like you three, then you're two years old. You're not. You don't. Oh, you're not aware that it's your birthday. That doesn't mean I think anything. You're to sentient, you. though. Barely. I'm. I may not entirely know what sentient means, but I think you're sentient. From seeing like like very young babies, like less than nine month old babies, they don't really. They're not really sentient. They don't really know what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> um. They're not okay, really aware so life that begins alive. at life begins at age three. Gotcha. I, yeah, in my in my book, I'm not really into babies. Can you H3, tell? Three, goodness, that's fair. They they don't. <laughs> other than what I'm told is a great smell, they don't seem to bring a lot to the world. I don't get that either. Yeah, I've never done. Have you smelled a baby? I don't want act- to. I'm afraid it'll smell like um, I don't know, something that a baby secretes, like poop. <laughs> Uh, you do that too, you know. There's a I know, book about it. but I have the good decency to do it in a place away from where I keep the things that make me smell good. Well, if you don't mind, I'd like to hurry up and stop talking about this. <laughs> <laughs> so why don't we jump back to birthdays? Fair enough. Birthdays. <laughs> so anyway, my mom was really excited to have a kid because only child. And so she's like, we're going to do super awesome things when you're young. Like I had some really awesome birthdays. One time my mom rented out a whole ice skating rink. And, like, Ooh. invited my whole class to go ice skating. That was awesome. Um, but then, like, as time got on, uh, she was like, that was really exhausting, and you're not really old enough to appreciate how much work that took. <laughs> and so she started getting really mad at me for being like, so what are we going to do for my birthday? She's like, we're not doing anything. Your birthday is not special. What? <laughs> <laughs> is that real? Are you... <laughs> to what extent is this an exaggeration for comic effect? Um, my mom is a very extreme person, so I don't know. In my heart, it it was that mean, but in actuality, it was pro- that's only probably like a fifty percent exaggeration. I would say. Oh, still, I don't know. <laughs> I think this is I think this is the paradox, though, is that um, children never appreciate the specialness of of all the things that you give them. But, on the other hand, it is the time when you are most able to appreciate specialness. Or, let me, let me, let me rephrase that. It is the time in which specialness will best embed itself in your memory. Yes. 
re-nostalgia. So, does it, I mean, this is our, this is our quandary, right? How special do we treat these children? <laughs> these children whose lives we're involved with for some reason. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. I mean. How do we, how do we even figure it out? I don't know. They're just going to grow up and hate you, so. <laughs> this Why does not bother? say good things about your mom. Is this this is like a uh, a hate letter to your mom? This no, podcast. No, huh? I um I love my mother, and my mom's really cool. She helped me pick out my apartment, which was awesome of her. She's gonna give me mm-hmm. a couch, which is awesome. My mom's really, really awesome and cool. It's just she's um good backpedal, good. <laughs> <laughs> she's really hardcore, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a fraternity brother. Just like real hardcore, bro. She's like, if fraternity brothers were really into interior decorating and lifestyle stuff instead of drinking, that would be my mom. Well, you know what? You only mom once. Yomo. <laughs> Yomo. <laughs> um, well, with that, with, the, with that love letter to Catherine's mom, uh, we'll be right back on the Doom to Fail podcast. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's your birthday. Happy birthday. It's a great day. That's what we say. Happy birthday. Right, it is the Doom to Fail podcast. We are back talking about birthdays, 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 birthdays. 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 We are our own morning <laughs> DJ sound effects. Yeah. Well, what I like about that is actually, and I, I might try to put this into effect at the next uh, birthday party I go to. Um, so, as as you know, the Happy Birthday song is uh, under copyright uh, for for far too long, right? Yes. Um, and so it is uh, financially difficult to use it. And so there's a long, long tradition of TV shows and radio shows and et cetera using weird birthday replacements like, it's your birthday today, it's your birthday, or, you know, yep. what yeah. have you. We'll cuss them in. Um, and uh, I, I think instead, one other way to get around that that is much, much more menacing is to just have everyone, the whole group, just go, birthday birthday <laughs> birthday birthday and just go and go until you're yelling just <laughs> like the penis game birthday <laughs> too much that might be too much i think it might be better if it's just controlled the whole time <laughs> um you know i think you have to go party by party on that some parties it's going to be appropriate to be at a control birthday yelling other parties mm. not so much yeah, other parties, it's really better to just get into a drone where everyone just goes <laughs> at at their peak uh, possible droning volume. They all just go, birthday. Dude, whoa, Google. Google was trying to filter you out. It was like, there's a loud noise in the background. I have to filter that out. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know what? Google probably made the right call there. <laughs> um, so we've, we've touched on your, uh, your 
early birthday escapades, which it sounded like started super special, then kind of went downhill. They like tanked really hard because, you know, I pushed a little bit too hard this year because I thought that's what I was supposed to do. Turns out, no, it's really annoying when you ask your mom what you're doing for your birthday like 20 times. (laughs) Wait, did you, this past year, you asked your mom what you were doing for your birthday? No, no, no. I would say, you know, at age like, um, I would say definitely by age 10, it tailored out off. And like, oh my God, seriously? Chill. (laughs) Yeah, I guess it does start to feel a little uh, uh, indulgent. I don't know. Oh yeah, it definitely did for her. And, you know, it probably was. But I was trained to believe that it was supposed to be. (laughs) In my defense. And we're back to the problems of child raising. I mean, Mm -hmm. what are you supposed to... I think, I think, you just let them fend for themselves. (laughs) That way they're not expecting anything. (laughs) And they really can just get in there and and scrap, you know? Yeah, that is the upside of leaving your child out in just... I'm assuming the wilderness... We're all about finding upsides on this show, if nothing else. So wilderness abandonments of children, they're going to be tough. <laughs> they're also going to be really in next season. <laughs> yeah, no, look at Romulus and Remus. I mean, they were uh, raised by wolves. That's true. And they, yeah. Oh my God, they founded Rome. Rome, of all places. <laughs> right? I, yeah, no, I think being raised by wolves is great. Wolves make the best parents. I think that's just a well-known fact. <clears throat> No, it makes a lot because I wouldn't. So I, I wouldn't trust a dog to raise me, even though I I really like how dogs interact with the world. Uh, I do too. But dogs are clearly the children in the relationship. Yeah. And I think you ha- you do have to go back to wolves if you expect to have sort of a, a canid mother, uh, which of course I do. Um, <laughs> I think we all should. I expect nothing less. It's simply how I was raised. Yeah, and you know if we all would just ask a little more of ourselves and our surroundings, I think we could all aspire to. Canid mothers. It's really. Are you saying that we could all be canid mothers, or we could all find our canid mothers? Why not both? I say sky's the limit. Yeah. I, I support that. Yeah, I think that. it'll work. I support that. <sighs> all right. All right. So, Catherine. Yeah, Tim. We're gonna flip the tables on you here, and in five seconds, you're gonna be the host of this show. Are you ready? Five, four. Hey, we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast, or I'm assuming we're back because Tim didn't tell me if we were taking a break or not because he did a terrible job of passing off the hosting job. Anyway, I'm in charge now, and that's the important thing. So, um, Tim. Yes, Catherine. Hello. How do you feel about actually singing the birthday song when you're at oh, someone's it. birthday? It's like really slow paced, don't you think? Uh, yes. And also, there's always the kind of mumble, especially when the name is not super easy to fit into the song where everyone yeah. kind of picks a different thing to say yeah like yeah. Oh, oh man have you ever done uh it's it's someone who you would refer to as like mr smith but you're like oh i don't want to call him andrew here uh but happy birthday mr smith is like the worst yeah no it's uh, true happy birthday dear authority figure (laughs) (laughs) i i i should hope to never be in the position to have to wish an authority figure a happy birthday (laughs) well why are you calling the mister then i no i i'm i don't want to but sometimes i am oh yeah okay anyway um yeah so 
here's my theory about why all the, uh, you know, the restaurant chains, like, birthday songs are all really, like, upbeat and they're all clapping. Because mm-hmm. it's really easier to sing along when everybody's clapping and it's like everything is only one beat long. <laughs> you can't get off Happy pitch that way. Happy birthday, Doom to Fail podcast. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, yeah. we should have done birthdays on our one year anniversary. Oh, well. One year anniversary. Oh, that makes sense. Too late now. Yeah. Hmm. Oh, well. Yep. Anyway. Are you hosting or am I? I just... I. Well, I don't know. You didn't really make the rules of the table switch very clear, and you were hosting when you decided to do it, so the mm. rulemaking was up to you. That's true, but now you're hosting. See, the thing is, is that so I'm the rules guest ought to be yours. hosting. Pick up the ball, that's <laughs> all I'm saying. And as a guest host, like, I'm really not allowed to change the game. I'm just supposed to keep the ball going. Oh, no, I disagree. I think uh, uh, the the true genius of the guest host is, is the one who can... Uh, change things in up enough so that uh, when the true host comes back, they are the guest host. But, like, when somebody guest hosts a talk show, the talk show hosts hate that, right? Because they're, like, they're like worried about their jobs then. And I don't want you to be worried about your job. I don't think Carson is really worried about his job. I don't really want to burn any bridges between us. You want to burn every bridge, please. Okay, pyromania notwithstanding. <laughs> I don't want to burn any bridges. All right. So where are we then? So we're back on the Doom to Fail podcast with our host, Tim Dobbs. Oh, I'm back as the host. (laughs) Well, this is great. So let me ask you then, how do you feel about, uh, we're talking about birthdays here on the Doom to Fail podcast. Yes. Um, How do you feel about, childhood birthdays, certainly important. Sure. I think um, they're formative and they sort of uh, inform how you understand celebrations and also very much how you feel about yourself because the degree to which you are allowed to be special, uh, I think really, really is at the most extreme on your birthday. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, and if I, if I may take a moment to digress here, um, listeners uh, may remember that I went to Ikea some time ago because we did a podcast about it. Oh boy, uh, do I remember us going to Ikea. <laughs> that was a fun one. Um, and there is a children's section at the end of uh, the Ikea tortuous hallway, um, which is what it's called. <laughs> it's not a torture hall. <laughs> no, no, it's tortuous uh, in that it turns a lot. I know. I was it's just a, clarifying. It, yeah. I'm glad we're on the same page, though. And now the listeners have come into that same page's fold. Yes, that works for Moving me. Moving on. All right. Um <laughs> So at the end of that, there's a children's section, and it says in like a big arcing sign above the hallway as you enter, it says, for the most special people in the world. And I thought to myself when I saw that, why are we telling them they are the most special people in the world? That is fundamentally that's not That's bad true. parenting. Yeah, it's... Mm, I think it's a mistake. No, that's uh, not raising your kid by wolves. No. Do no, you think wolves exactly. do that to their wolf babies? No. No, no. They say, they say, get in line. That's what they say. <laughs> and they certainly don't take them to Ikea. I would accept an Ikea trip on the child's birthday. This is the only time. <laughs> that, is the, that is the most celebration you are allowed. You pick them up from the wilderness and you drive <laughs> over to Ikea. So the idea is, the idea is that the child 
<laughs> oh, see, I don't know about this now. I feel like, it's, again, we're making the birthday too special because if every day they live in the woods with wolves and on their birthday they get to come into civilization, even if it's an Ikea. And speak to I their mean, real the parents. Meatballs. Yeah. <laughs> Just a day with their real parents. That's way too much. We're, we're, That's true. we're coddling That's true. them. Well, I you guess know. you have to train the wolves first to mm-hmm. just one day a year take their pups to ikea <laughs> i would go to any ikea with wolves shopping or maybe what if ikea provided a service where they pick your children up for the wild- up from the wilderness and then drive them over on like an ikea birthday bus yeah that seems about right Which like is just a really a normal bus it's just, you know, referred to as the Ikea birthday bus. I think it would be better designed than a normal bus. First off, it would be a muted Fair. shade of beige or gray. Um, and it would be sort of blocky because all its parts are modular. And it would fall apart halfway down the road. <laughs> <laughs> it would also fit right into that bus in front of it. Oh, yeah, exactly. See, that would be, they're stackable buses. <laughs> think of all the bus depot space you could save. It's true. It's true. You could Flat fit a whole pack. extra four or five buses in there. <laughs> because because there's going to be a lot of people in this plan, a lot of children having to get picked up from the woods and brought over. I mean, we economies of scale apply here, I think is what we're saying. Oh, absolutely. No, I agree with yeah. you. Um, so would you... Well, yeah, so there wouldn't be a wolf day, though. There would be... Like, every day you would have some... Per- one 365th of the population would be at Ikea with wolves. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So there need to be a lot more IKEA. Wait, are they buying anything? I guess they don't have any money. <laughs> Maybe IKEA could accept like wolf currency. Um, I don't know what wolves have to offer. They have the burrs in their fur. That's true. That's I. I feel like that, that's a nice uh a nice saying. Like you know they're getting by with only the burrs in their fur. Mm, that is. That a means nice they're saying. tough. Yeah. Oh, I I said something very thoughtful today that I was really proud of myself for. I'm so glad you're taking this opportunity to share that with me. (laughs) Go ahead, please. All right. So we were talking about sticking a screen on the window, you know, to keep the sun away from you, you know, to reflect the sun. And, you know, it had it had little um, sucky cups. What am I saying? Suction cups. Suction cups. Yes. Not sucky cups. And um, (laughs) they're really just awful cups. They drip. (laughs) We were talking about, you know, the best way to make sure it sticks on. Um, and so Jeff, who works next to me, was like, you know, you just lick it and you stick it on there and that'll make sure that it stays on there. And he's like, and she, Lisa, who I also work with, said, well, I don't really want to leave little spit marks on the win- window. And so I said, well, you could breathe on it and then there would just be condensate and that wouldn't be spit or anything. That would just be water. So that would be fine. Yeah, um, reasonable. She's like, but then would I leave little breath marks on the window? Wait for it. We all leave breath marks with us as we go travel through this world. <laughs> what? I'm so witty. I, what does it mean? <laughs> Whatever you need it to mean. See, uh, yeah, I like that. I think <laughs> breath imagery is a is a great place to go to if you want to sound mystical. It's true. Yeah, a lot about uh, you know the the at man and the oh, I've reached at the man? limit of my knowledge about yoga. <laughs> Is Atman Atmosphere Man? Uh, for these purposes, yes. He's a superhero <laughs> uh, in the vein of a Captain Planet, but um, with a worse marketing team, but a better technical team. And so that is to say, his logos don't make any sense. His name is Atman, which is terrible, but he's actually useful, unlike Captain Planet, who as near as I could tell is, I mean, 
Come on, we're 20 years after Captain... He shows up at we're... the end after he gets a bunch of kids to do his work. Well, yeah, and plus, we're 20 years post-Captain Planet. We've been living in a post-Captain Planet world for so long, and uh, now he's just relegated to a punchline. That's true. Yeah. But I will say this for Captain Planet. That's another great way to raise your kids. Uh, Captain Turn Planet's them over to a strange blue man where they have to save the world while he just kind of sits back and just shows up at the end in spandex. But they get a ring, right? Yeah, that's true. So they at least get sort of uh, gifted some uh, some, some trust fund, essentially, right? Honestly, like they can... I think they're gifted the ring in the way that you are gifted an HID pad, like a badge to get into the building at work. <laughs> you th- <laughs> do you think they have to give it back? Like, the kids are going to grow up eventually, right? Oh, yeah. No, they definitely have to give it back. There's only one of those rings. <laughs> and the deposit was huge. Well, why can't it work like uh, the Green Lanterns, where, you know, there's just a whole bunch of them? I don't think the Green Lanterns trade rings, right? I could no, be yeah, way wrong here. yeah, they have to pass on the ring. There's a lot of Green Lanterns, but they have to pass on their ring, because there's one so Green there's Lantern from every planet. So there's a set number of Green Lantern rings? Yeah, and each one has a serial number, which is locked to a planet. This is ridiculous. <laughs> how, how, this tracking system, like, okay, this is the comic I want to read. I want to read a comic about the administriva <laughs> of... The, the whole Green Lantern force. Because, oh, yeah. like, how many planets are there? The Drake equation it's alone. Kind of like you know. the, uh, it's kind of like the UN of planets. Mm-hmm. And that instead of delegates, you get a superhero. Well, that's a much better idea, frankly. I think so. Although, if it were really like the UN, you'd have the superheroes and supervillains. You know, because everyone gets a, a table at the UN. Although, I guess not everybody. You know, I'm not 100% sure on this. I'm not that good at Green Lantern lore. but uh, Oh, certainly me neither. <laughs> really, I've just seen that movie with the guy who used to be married to Scarlett Johansson. Ryan Reynolds? Yes. You saw that movie? Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> that looked awful. How I was that? I saw it right after Fast Five. <laughs> I heard Fast Five was pretty good. Oh, it was, you know, it was a movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I heard about it. My point is it like was that movies. kind of night. You know what I like about this conversation is that if someone listens to it, like in a few months, they'll be like, huh, I didn't know this podcast was around in 2010. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah. It's weird oh, how really? both movies I watched, not in a theater, but like with someone else, came out about the same time. Anyway. Yep. It's a crazy world. <laughs> anyway. So the reason there's no supervillains in Green Lantern is that. In the Green Lantern universe, as I understand it, the supervillains aren't, like, from from a particular planet. They're just, like, they're homeless, essentially. Hmm. They're, they're nationless people, like, um, like Pakistan. Pakistan? You're thinking of Palestine. Palestine! I'm thinking of Palestine. Mm-hmm. Sorry, say, Middle the East. Pakistanis are going to be kind of mad at you about this one. That's true, they would. I'm sorry that both of your nations start with peas, okay? Jesus. Well, now you're leaving out the Peruvians, the Palauans. <laughs> yeah, but um, I, I'm pretty sure that they're both from the Poland. Middle East. It was Middle East P. That's where I was. <sighs> See, now it's it's still kind of dicey. Pakistan, you know not really the Middle think, East. <laughs> people always Listen. think I'm from Washington, D.C. and not Washington State. So deal with it, P's and Ma- in the Middle East. I was under the impression you didn't speak to people outside of Washington State. So I'm a little confused. <laughs> Uh, no, I um I went to boarding school in outside of the state. 
We should do and an episode about that. Side of the country, and it's the Doom oh, Patrol yeah. podcast. Today we're talking about boarding school. I'm, okay. I'm I'm being really difficult. Why don't you just tell your? You're gonna edit let's, this one. <laughs> let's let's work this way back to Pakistan. Do we have to? <laughs> you promised me that there was some payoff to this story about Green Lanterns. Oh well, I I got to my payoff. The payoff is that the villains are not from a planet. They just are nationless people, or like you know, were kicked out. You know, they're I see. They have no planet. So, like, I mean, w- w- do you think it's sort of an allegory for terrorism? Is it like, you know, because uh, uh, terrorists uh, many times, I mean, the, the, so the deal with terrorists is that they don't represent a country, at least when they're categorized terrorists. Uh, they are just, you know, independent agents uh, attacking some country or, in this case, planet. Sometimes I think that they're terrorists. Again, I only know about the major villain that was in the Green Lantern movie. And the parts of the We're Green working Lantern. with what we have. <laughs> you know, I mean, so the thing about the thing about canon is yeah. that it's arbitrary, right? The so thing like, you have to understand about canon <laughs> is that it's entirely arbitrary. <laughs> so like uh-huh. you can accept and cut and take whatever parts you want. If something can be defined as non-canon, then anything can be defined as non-canon. And so I think for the purposes of this conversation, everything except for the Ryan Reynolds movie is non-canon. Oh, true. Okay. Yeah. Great. Thank you for making me feel better. Because <laughs> I, um, I believe strongly in the artist's right to control um, what is and is not canon. Oh, I, the author is dead. The author is dead. All right. It's on our website. Have you read our write-up? <laughs> what? Go to go to doomtofailpodcast.com. Okay, I'm gonna go to doomtofailpodcast.com and click on about. How I don't support this write-up then. <laughs> you don't think the author is dead? I'm not actually John Hodgman. Uh, uh, what? Oh, jeez. Then why? I, I've I've been so excited to talk to you all this time. Ah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> For you, I was a version of John Hodgman that you didn't have to speak to after a show about the show. It, Oh, exactly. That would have been awful. Firstly. Can you imagine? Uh, talking we'll to wait. John Hodgman? No, no, just go ahead and read the read the okay. read the write up. It's fine. We've this got time. This is true in the sense. Okay. Okay. I believe in the case of this particular podcast, the author is dead. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next week on the Doom to Fail podcast. Until then, that's Catherine Cogut over there. Tim Dobbs over here. Bye. 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 <laughs>